So again, welcome. You have an outline or a program with an outline on the inside. If you want to grab that, you can grab that. Um, you can have some fill-ins. Also, there's a communication card. Uh, if you wouldn't mind just filling that out um, with your information on there. There's a place for prayer requests, and we'd love to be um, praying for you. Um, but let's go ahead and dive right in. Uh, again, welcome. It's great to see everyone here as we're continuing this Experiencing God series that we have been in this teaching series. And I want to say a special welcome uh, to those of you that are joining us for the first time, whether you're online or you're here with us in, in person. We're glad that you're joining us. If you were invited by someone, I would also like to say thank you to the person who invited you. So thank you for inviting your friends um, and bringing them to Seminole Church this morning. Now, invitations are interesting, aren't they? I mean, just about every day we receive invitations, whether it's an invitation from a friend or maybe it's something online or maybe it's an invitation, something we received in the mail. The thing is, not every invitation is a great invitation. Would you agree with that? There's good invitations and there's bad invitations, right? Well, hopefully if you were invited here this morning by a friend, you'll leave today saying, that was a good invitation. I hope so. And if, if it's not, you can just email Pastor Jerry. He may get in a week or so whenever he gets back from a cruise. But hopefully, hopefully you like it. But the reality is there are some invitations that you want to do, and there's some invitations that you're like, eh, not so much. Not really into that. For example, a good invitation would be an invitation to your friend's baby shower. A not-so-good invitation would be an invitation to babysit your friend's kids and the new baby. Not the same, right? It's kind of not the same invitation. A good invitation would be, hey, why don't you join me for dinner downtown? A bad invitation would be, hey, why don't you join me downtown for jury duty? Not quite the same. A good invitation is a trip to Bermuda for a friend's wedding. A bad invitation would be a trip to the back room with your friendly TSA agent. Not quite as good. A good invitation is when you're invited to your child's award ceremony. Those are always great. A bad invitation, though, is when you're invited to your child's principal's office. Not the same. Don't want to go to that one. Here's the thing. There's invitations that we like to receive, and there's invitations that we don't necessarily want to receive. However, there is one invitation that you do not want to miss in your life. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. Today we are continuing this, as we were saying, the Experiencing God teaching series where we're asking one of the biggest questions of life. God, how do I know, how, how do I know and do your will? How do I know and do your will, God? And over the last couple of weeks, we've talked about how God is always at work around us. He's always working. And how God pursues a deep relationship with each of us, that God loves us and he wants us to know him. And these truths are so important for our lives. But they're not just important for our life, but they're important for what we're talking about today. And that's the third reality of experiencing God. So again, if you, if you have your, your program, your outlines on the inside, if you would like to take notes, if you want to fill this in at the top of your outline, it's this. God invites me to become involved with him in his work. This is the, the third reality, that God invites me to become involved with him in his work. 
So if you want to know and do God's will in your life, one of the realities that we need to awaken to is this, that God invites me, God invites you to become involved with him in his work. Now, I want you to think about this for just a moment. I mean, really think about it. Not just listen to me talking, but really think about it in your mind. Because God, the creator of the universe, who created everything that we can see and the things that we can't see, the God who made you, who made me, he made us with purpose and for a purpose, who made us to live this life and enjoy this life, he is at work around us right now. All the time. He loves us deeply and he invites us, again, the creator of the universe, invites us to be and join in and be a part of what he is doing. Part of what the creator God is doing, he's inviting us to be, to be a part of that. that. That's tremendous. That's an incredible invitation for all of us. That God invites us to be a part of what he's doing because God could do it himself. God said he doesn't need us. He doesn't need any of us. But he chooses to invite us and to use us to be a part of what he's doing. It's an incredible invitation. But what is it? What is God's work? What, what is he doing that he's inviting us to be a part of? Well, long before you or I ever took our first breath, God has been at work. He's been at work. He's been at work redeeming a lost and broken world back to himself, to restoring people back to a right relationship with himself. You see, because of sin, because of our sin, because of sin that we were born with, because we've all humanity, in a sense, have turned their backs on God, because we've gone our own way, because we're separated from God in this world, because of sin. I mean, that's the whole reason that God sent Jesus into the world. God the Father sent Jesus into the world so to die on the cross so their sins could be forgiven, so that our past could be forgiven. And so that we could have real purpose, a real life, a real purpose in today. Not just an accidental life. Not just going through the motions of life. But real purpose in life. And we accept that forgiveness, what Jesus did for us on the cross. We have real purpose in life. We're forgiven. And then, so that we can have an eternal home in heaven with God. That's God at work. You see, the, the, the moment that we receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior, the moment that we bow ourselves to him and say, Jesus, I want to give my life completely to you. The moment we believe that, you, we, don't only get, we don't only just get the benefits of knowing that, but then God in that moment is inviting us to be a part of his work. From that point forward, to be a part of his work, of helping bring people back to himself. In fact, this is exactly what Jesus told us in Matthew 28. What our work is. He's telling us here what our work is and what our personal invitation, what that looks like. So if you look at Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20, he says this, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Now, this passage is commonly called the Great Commission. We are, they are being commissioned by Jesus to go out and make disciples, to tell the world about him and make disciples. And these are Jesus' final words on the earth before he um, ascended into heaven. 
before he went to be with God the Father. And these words were for the disciples that were with him in that day. But they weren't just for those disciples. You realize that. They were spoken to them. But these words are also for all of us who are his disciples living right here in central Florida. For everyone in this room, everybody watching online who's a follower of Jesus, these are, these are our commission. It's our personal invitation to then join God in his work in helping people to be restored into a right relationship with him. And you see, you don't have to be a missionary. You don't have to be a pastor. You don't have to have a fancy title or some kind of degree in order to join God in his work. No, the reality is, is that God is at work all around you in your life right now, at your work, at your home, with your friends, in your kids' lives. Even today when you leave here and you go out to have lunch, God is at work even there. He's at work around you all the time, and he's personally inviting each of us to see what he's doing and to join him in that work because God wants us to be a part of the mission to reach the lost people to reach a hurting world who needs the love of Jesus. Now, you might be thinking, I don't know, Pastor, that, that, sounds, that sounds really big for me. I don't know about that. You know, you guys get paid to do all that kind of stuff, right? So in that your department, no, that's not the case. You know, the Bible says that once you become a believer, that we're all ministers. That's what the Bible calls us. But maybe you're like, oh, that sounds really big. I don't know if I can do that. Or maybe you're thinking, well, that doesn't really necessarily line up with my plans. I mean, I got this plan for my life. You know, I'm in school and I just started this major. I have this new career and I'm going in this direction. I mean, how in the world am I supposed to fit this in with what I'm pursuing in my life? Well, remember, as we've said this throughout this whole entire series so far, is this reality is that this life that God has given us, it's really not about us. This life that we're living is really not, it's not about me. It's not about you. And the moment that we awaken to that truth, that's the moment that we awaken to the life that really God has created us for. You see, this life that I live is not about me and not what I want to do. It's about God and what God wants to do. It's about what he wants to do and especially what God wants to do through me. And in your life, especially what God wants to do through you. Maybe you've been wondering or maybe you've asked this question or these questions. God, what, what is the right career path for me? God, what is, what is the right major? Or God, when are you going to send that right person into my life? Or God, I need your help to make this big decision. Or what is the right next step that you have for me? Ever asked that question? No, a lot of us have. What if, though, what if experiencing God and knowing his will doesn't start with those big questions of life? What if instead it starts with the, the little, small, daily invitation that God, the invitations that he gives us, the daily invitations that are around us all the time? What if in saying yes to the small daily invitations, we actually discover the answer to the big purpose that God has us here for our lives? Well, that's really what I want us to look at today. How to accept God's invitation to join him in his work. These daily invitations that God is extending to each of us. 
How can we join God in his work? And in so doing, then discover his will and his purpose for living. So here's the first step. Again, if you're taking notes, to accept God's invitation and join him in his work, I actively watch for God working around me. This is the first step. I actively watch where God is working around me. I've got to pay attention. You see, God is always at work, as I was saying. He always has been, and he always will be. He's at work around us right now. The problem is, and I'm speaking to myself here too, the problem is a lot of times we're too busy or we're too focused on other things that we miss it. We don't, we don't see it. We don't see where he's working around us because we kind of have the blinders on. Now, earlier in the series, Pastor Jerry told us that there are two questions that we have to kind of wrestle with in this. One of them is the right question, and one of them is the, is the wrong question. The wrong question is, God, what is your will for my life? What is your will for my life? That's the wrong question, because what's at the center of that? Who's at the center of that? Me. It's about my life, me, what I want to do for God. That's the wrong question. The right question is, what is your will, God? What's your will? God, what are you doing around me right now that I can be involved in? See, I think this is where a lot of us get stuck because we, we wait for God to reveal his specific will. Like, you know, it's the writing in the sky. We just have to wait for that sign and then we'll see it. All the while, God is working around us and we totally, we totally miss it. It reminds me um, a few years ago when we went to a huge camp in North Carolina. It was in the mountains. And I remember hiking to the, taking a hike to the top of the mountain. Because when you get to the, the top of this mountain, it's rattlesnake is what they call the top. It's, a, it's an amazing view. And it's a, it's a hike. So when I'm like planning, I'm hiking, I'm like, I'm all in. I'm going. I'm focused. I'm just going. My legs are hurting. So I just want to get to the top because I know how awesome it is at the top. And as I'm going and I'm hiking... I'm I almost as if I felt God like tap me on the shoulder and say, do you realize you are missing so much beautiful stuff all around you that I have made? There's so many things around you that you're missing as you're just focused on that at the top. Why don't you take some time and slow down, look around at all the stuff I've created. All of a sudden I, I slowed down and started looking around. I'm like, whoa, we don't have those trees in Florida or some weird lizard thing. We don't have those in Florida. And I began to, I began to see these things that I've never really noticed. I noticed some flowers and some things that normal, in Florida we don't ever see. And then I get to the top of the mountain and it was just amazing and beautiful. But I slowed down to have eyes that were open to not just be so focused there, but to look around and see what God, God had made. And it, it, it's kind of like this. The moment that we commit to God to do his will and to be a part of his work, it's as if our eyes are then opened. And we begin to see God working all around us because it's easy to be focused and not see it. But when we do, when we open our eyes, we'll see where he's at work. And that is then God's personal invitation for us to join him in his work. Because then we see it. And he's, he's inviting us to join him. Look at what Jesus says in John chapter 5, beginning in verse 17. But Jesus replied, my father is always working, and so am I. And then verse 19, so Jesus explained, I tell you the truth, the son can do nothing by himself. He only does what he sees the father doing. See, pause there for a second. See, Jesus, he had his eyes open. 
and he was looking to see where the Father was, was at work. Now, if Jesus needs to really pay attention and needed to see where the Father was at work, imagine how much we do as well to really pay attention. He goes on to say, whatever the Father does, the Son also does. And then in verse 20, for the Father loves the Son and shows him everything he's doing. So Jesus said, he's like, Look, God, my Father, he is at work around me all the time, all the time. And I'm looking to see where God is at work so then I can jump in and join him because I want to be involved in that. Do you realize that's God's will for you? He wants you to experience the same thing. He wants to show you what he's doing all around you. And he wants you to awaken to this reality and so that when you do, you can join him in the work that he has for you to do, to be a part of what he's doing. I mean, think about this. God might be inviting you to, to talk to that friend at work who maybe they're going through a divorce right now and because they're really struggling and they really need somebody who will love them and care for them and pray for them and encourage them. Or God, he's, a, he's at work around you with a friend in class who has all these questions about God, but they're never really serious enough to go to church on their own and check it out. See, God's saying, listen, I, I put this person in your life because you are my plan A. You're my plan A. I, I put you in their life for a reason, to invite that person to church so that person can come to know me or to minister to that person in your work so that person can come to know me. Maybe, maybe um, God might be inviting you here at Seminole to jump in and serve in Discovery Zone or Kids Zone because you love children and because you want to be involved in an, in an area like that. God's invitation is personal. It's tailored just to you. He's choosing you. Listen to me. You are God's plan for reaching and accomplishing his will in the lives of people around you. You are his plan. I am part of that plan. But here's the key. The key to do this is that we allow God to interrupt our lives so that we can join him in his work. That's the key. We have to open our eyes. We have to be willing to be interrupted. You know, when you get that phone call from somebody and you're looking, you know they're going through a crisis and you're looking at the phone and you're like, I don't really want to answer this because I know that I'm going to have to get involved. Uh, you're probably God's plan A in that situation. So we have to open our eyes to see where God is at work and be willing to say, okay, God, I'm going to set that aside for right now, this thing that I'm doing right now. For a little while so that I can do this thing that you want me to do, God. I'll just make this really practical for you. Here's something really practical that you can do this week. It's a prayer. This is a prayer that I pray every single day. So maybe for you, you wake up every morning this week, every morning. It's in your outline there. Just pray this prayer. God, show me where you are working today and I will join you. Show me where you're working today, God. And I will join you. Will you make that your prayer every morning this week? Because listen, if you pray that prayer, you know what's going to happen? God's going to show you opportunities all around you where you can join him in his work. This is what he's made you for. This process begins by actively looking at where God is at work and then joining him 
in that. Then here's the next step. So I'm actively looking, and I'm going to join him to accept God's invitation and join him in his work, is this. I allow God to use my gifts for his purposes. I'm going to allow God to use my gifts for his purposes. This is one of the things we extensively go through in our uh, class 301, which is our ministry matters, where we really talk about and hone in on your gifts, your talents, and your abilities, and how God has purposefully given you all of that. Because the reality is God has given each of us gifts. We have talents, abilities, and God has uniquely gifted us in a certain way. Now, I'll hear people say sometimes, especially like in our 301, I don't know if I really have any talents. I don't know if I really have any gifts. I mean, they're not, they're not really good. I mean, nobody would really want to use the gifts that I have. I mean, my gifts are nothing special. I want you to, I want you to think about this for a moment. Who gave you those gifts? Not your question. God did, right? God gave you those gifts. So think about that. If somebody gives you a birthday present and they hand it to you and you held it out, you're like, eh, I don't know, eh. No, we wouldn't do that. We'd at least take it and fake it if we didn't want the gift. But no, you would thank them for the gift that they give you and then you'd open it up and then you'd figure out, how do I use this gift? What, am I, what do I do with it? What do I do with it? And it's the same way with us, that God has given us gifts and talents and abilities and he wants us to use those for his purpose. Maybe you don't really realize your gifts and how important those are because you haven't been focused on God's will, which is getting involved in his work, and you're missing all the things that he wants to use you for. So then look at 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. It says, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. I want you to underline those last three words. Serve one another. Serve one another. Yes, God gives us gifts and abilities that we can use for ourselves. But he doesn't just want us to use those to further our career or further ourself. He wants us to use the gifts that he's given us and the talents and the abilities to serve one another. That's a part of God's purpose for those gifts. And when we do that, we grow in our faith. It blesses us. You know, for me, I love working in, in our children's ministry. I, I love the kids. They're so much fun. And for me, it blesses me. It really does. And then we're blessing the other people. Hopefully I'm a blessing to the kids. And we draw closer to God. And I can tell you we draw closer to God because sometimes there might be that challenging when we're like, God, I need everything you got. And it draws me really close. No, I really love those kids. They're awesome. But in all these, it blesses us. We're blessing other people. And it then draws us closer to God. And here's how it works. You pray that prayer that we just said a moment ago. God, show me where you're at work today, and I, and I want to join in with you. Then when we do that, God is going to give us opportunities to serve in ways that connect with our gifts. That's, that's the personal invitation. God's not going to, going to put you in somewhere that he hasn't gifted you for. He's going to bring those things into your life because he's, he's already designed and created you for those things. And then he gives us opportunities to serve in a way that connects with those gifts. That's Again, the personal invitation, he picked you for that reason. He didn't just pick you because he doesn't have anybody else. No, God picked you because he uniquely gifted you. Now, I do believe that if we don't use those gifts and we ignore the opportunities, God's still going to work and get stuff done. So 
he pushes, maybe he moves us aside and brings the next plan A. But why do we want to do that? Let's be, we're the plan A. He's uniquely gifted us for that. Let's see what he's doing and, and go to work. He gave you unique talents and experiences and abilities in your life, and he wants you to use them to join him in his work again and to be a blessing to other people. And so when you see him at work and he's inviting you to join him, I want you to think about the gifts and the abilities and the talents that God has given you and say, how can I use these to be a part of that? And I promise you, they will work. They will be there. You will see God use those. Now, there are some gifts that God gives that are common to all of us. For example, time. Time is a gift. God has blessed us all with time. And, and I would say perhaps time is the most precious gift we have because when I give away my time, I can never get that time back. It, it's gone for good. Every one of us has the same amount of time every single day. And assuming that we all make it through today, and I hope, I hope we all do, we will have 24 hours today. But have you noticed that there are some people that get more out of their 24 hours than other people? Well, maybe you say, well, I'm just too busy. Or, you know, I'm just too busy with class, or I'm so busy with work, or I'm just overwhelmed. I don't have time to do these things. Well, I'm just going to be really honest and kind of blunt. Busy does not equal effective. Again, and I'm telling myself this because I can get busy with the wrong things. Busy does not equal effective. Just because you're busy in your life doesn't mean that you're busy about the right things. The poet and philosopher Henry David Thoreau once said, It is not enough to be busy. So are ants. The question is, what are you busy about? Ants get busy. I know they're doing something. Getting in my way. So let me ask you this question today, that question. What are you busy about right now? What are you busy about? Are you busy about fulfilling your own plans and your own dreams? Or are you busy about understanding God's plans and God's dreams for you, which are going to surpass anything I could come up with? Are you busy chasing things that don't really matter? Or are you busy chasing after God's will? Are you investing your time in things that just lead to temporary pleasure? Or are you investing your time in things that will lead to eternal significance? Let me encourage you to be wise with your time, especially, because it's precious. It's all you have. Once it's gone, you don't ever get that time back. Use the time that God has given you to make a difference and use it for good. I, my father-in-law, one of the things that I always took away from him, worked for him for many years. One of the things I took away from him, he would always tell me, because I'd be ready to go home. There'd be a little bit of day left. And he would be like, look, don't ever put off till tomorrow what you can do today. And the times I would put those things off, I'm like, dang it, I should have done that yesterday. You know, it always worked out that way. So our time is so important. Do what you can with your time. Look what Paul writes in 1 Timothy Chapter 4, this is verse 14, the beginning of that, and this is from the Amplified Version. He says, do not neglect the spiritual gift within you. I want you to be a part of what God is doing all around you. And part of that is using the gifts that he's given you to do so. So, to accept God's invitation to join him in his work, I actively watch for where God is working around me. I allow God to use my gifts for his purposes then the third thing is this. 
I allocate my resources for God's mission. I'm going to allocate my resources for God's mission. See, in addition to the gifts and the talents that God has given you, he's also blessed you, each of us, with resources. God blesses us with financial resources, obviously to provide for us and to provide for our families and so that we can enjoy life. God wants us to enjoy life as well. But also one of the reasons that God blesses us with financial resources is so that we can participate and be a part of his mission here on the earth. This helps us complete the mission that God has given us. So here's that mission. Once again, in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, says Jesus is speaking. He says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. So when we become a follower of Jesus, when we accept him as our Lord and Savior, we are given the Holy Spirit as our helper, our comforter. He guides us. And then he goes on to say, and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere. Where did Jesus say that he wants us to tell him about people? Everywhere. Everywhere we go, God wants us to be telling people about him. Then he says, in Jerusalem. Now, just for our context, to explain that, Jerusalem would be like our central Florida, you know, Sanford, Deltona, DeBerry, Lake Mary. It would be our, our central Florida region. God wants us to tell people about him in our local community here in central Florida. Then expands throughout Judea and in Samaria, so for our context, that would be like Florida, and then nationally, then extends finally into the ends of the earth. This is all around the world in the way that we support missions and missionaries all around the world. You know, it's been said you can tell what's important to a person by looking at their calendar, so where they spend their time, and by looking at their bank statement, where they spend their money. So let me ask you, what do these two things say about you? Are using any of the resources that God has blessed you with to help him complete his mission right here in Central Florida? You see, don't just invest in the things that are here today and gone tomorrow. Yeah, God's not saying we can't have nice stuff and have those things. But if that's all we do, we're, we're missing out. Let's, let's use it for a bigger purpose. Invest in things that have eternal significance both here so we can see people's lives changed and then really for all of eternity. So here at Seminole, we are, we are a member-supported church. I mean, all the ministry that we do here is made possible through the faithful giving of people who call this church home, members and attenders that go here. And our ability to reach the community, our ability to be the church, to accomplish the mission that God has called us to do, it's, it's really all up to us. It's through our giving that we are able to do any of this. I mean, it's what keeps the lights on and it's what allows us to go online. I mean, just anything that we're able to do, it takes resources to be able to do that. In the Bible, there's a direct correlation between our generosity and how blessed our lives are. Look at what the Apostle Paul writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 through 8. He writes, remember this. A farmer who plants only a, a few seeds will get a small crop. Okay, this, this is making sense. This is pretty easy. If you only plant a few seeds, you only get a little bit of crops. That makes sense. But the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. Okay, makes sense. I plant more seeds, put more out there, I get a, a, a bigger crop. 
Basically, Paul is saying here that God blesses generosity because he switches gears a little bit and he takes that and brings a correlation into our giving. He says, you must each decide in your heart how much to give. Don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure, for God loves a person who gives cheerfully. So, listen, really, it's about our heart. Giving is a spiritual thing. It's about, it's about our heart and the joy that comes from being able to give. And then I want you to underline this next sentence. And God will generously provide all you need. God will generously provide all that you need. You see, giving is a spiritual issue. It's an act of the heart, but it's, an also, it's also an act of faith. You know, for Lori and myself, my wife Lori, um, when, when we were young, we were first married, we were brand new believers, we were in our early 20s, we had a six-month-old baby, and you know, when you're in your 20s, unless, unless somebody gave you a lot of money, you typically don't have a lot of money. We didn't have a lot of money. And I remember, um, you know, we were kind of talking through things and just trying to figure out, we, because we were beginning to f- decide, you know, about giving to the church and tithing and how that worked in our lives. And, you know, we kind of looked at the money that we didn't have already and then how is this going to work. And I remember us one day just sitting down and saying, okay, we're either going to, we're either going to trust God or we're not going to trust God. I mean, it was just that simple for us. We're, we're going to trust him or we're not going to trust him. So from that day forward, in our early 20s, we decided we're going to just trust God. Now, I'm not saying that there weren't times when things were tight. There were times when things were tight. I'm not saying we have a million dollars. We don't have a million dollars. But God has been faithful and made sure that he's always provided for, for us for the last 20-some-odd years. That he has been faithful to provide everything that we've ever needed. And it's this thought, you know, God, I'm going to give because I believe that you're going to generously provide all that I need. Then Paul completes it. He says, and then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. And that's the weird part. It's like sometimes I look at the money tangible, like I'm looking, I'm like, this is what we have. And then over here, I look at, okay, well, this is what I feel we should we we need to give. So for our family, we in this part here, plenty left over to share with others. Our family, I've made a few trips to Haiti on mission trips, and there's a particular guy there who just kind of I connected with. His name is Fabio. No, not the long flowing Fabio hair, if you know who Fabio is, but his name is Fabio. In our family, see in Haiti, they don't you don't go to school for free. You have to pay for any education you have, and they don't have any money. I mean, the average person lives on a dollar a day. That's it. So our family, we decided we're going to help Fabio finish high school, and then we're going to help him go through college. And now he's just about to graduate from from Bible college. And I'm not patting myself on the back at all. What this was completely is God saying, look, I'm using you to help him in Haiti because he's going to help me in Haiti complete my mission. I'm just using you to be resources for him to do that. And God said, You'll have plenty left over to share. Now, I look and I go, this doesn't make sense. I don't know how it's going to work, but it works every single time. Because it's all God's stuff. And if we'll allow him to use our resources for his mission, he will make it, he will make it happen. So be a part of allocating a portion of your resources to God's mission because it's in those things 
that will last forever. Those things will make a difference in eternity. So I allocate my resources for, for God's mission. Now, finally, and this is the, the final step, and this is an important step. This really, everything kind of hinges on this, to accept God's invitation to join him in his work around me. I mean, I'm looking, uh, I'm going to use my gifts and resources, but it's this. I act immediately in obedience to God's invitation. I have to act immediately in obedience to God's invitation. Because if I don't act, I probably won't do those other things. I act immediately in obedience to God's invitation. Sometimes God invites us to do something and we drag our feet, right? You ever done that? It may not be something that we necessarily want to do. It may be outside of our comfort zone. It may be something that frightens us, you know, maybe a little bit or a lot. You know, for me in particular, you know, I talked about earlier that it, it's not necessarily, God, what is, you know, what are the big things? You know, God, what is this job you have for me? God, what? But it's the small daily invitations that maybe God is showing us what his purpose is for our life. Well, for me, early on in ministry, I wasn't in ministry. I, I mean, I was just serving. I, when we first became a believer, I remember I was invited, Pastor Doug um, Holiday. he invited, he's like, hey, why don't you come and, and help me in student ministry? And I thought, mm, okay. I could possibly do that. And so I started helping him some in, in student ministry. And God began to give me some opportunities. So I'll let you know this, and I've shared this before. But growing up, my number one fear in life, I can tell you my number one fear in life, was public speaking. Well, God all of a sudden was putting me in opportunities where I had to publicly speak. I was petrified. I mean, so fearful. I remember one time, so then I had... So I was helping Doug, and then uh, our children's ministry director, um, Tracy Starkweather, she said, hey, I want you to, would you be willing to read the Christmas story uh, for, um, for our little kids? And I, I mean, I'm looking at this going, I had, I had to act immediately in obedience. I guess I did. I don't even remember saying yes, but I said yes, and I did it. It was horrible. It was horrible for me. I don't know how the kids knew anything I was saying because I can promise you. I mean, I'm holding the book that I'm reading this story to these kids. I don't know that what they, I don't think they heard a Christmas story unless it was a miraculous Christmas story that they were hearing because this is what I was doing. I, I mean, I can't even see what I was reading. I was so, so nervous about that. I mean, brutal. And slowly, but this is God's grace, is as I acted in obedience, he gave me more and more opportunities to be scared to death. But what I began to realize is that, yeah, I'm scared, but God has faithfully brought me through all these, and I began to find a passion of something that I like to do. And I was working with young people, and I began to do that. With later on, years later, then I felt God was calling me into ministry. And I was like, oh, God, you got the wrong person. You know, are you sure you know me? I'm like, nah. And so I kind of kept that to myself a little bit um, until I shared it with my wife, what I was thinking. And, you know, God often speaks through our spouses, and he did. And she was like, oh, yeah, I already knew that. I knew God was already calling your ministry. I'm like, well, you could have told me that. But So even though I didn't really act immediately in obedience, my wife's obedience helped me to act on it. And I did. And yeah, there's been times where I'm petrified. Every time I come out to speak, 
It's it, it's better. I mean, I've been doing it for years now, so it's it's easier. I mean, I still have like the crazy butterflies and all the nerves and and thinking where can I run, but I really can't run because I'd be really bad because nobody'd be standing up here if I did that. No, it's not that bad. But it's the reality that I have to trust God in those moments. It's in those little things that He's building up and building up and building up and bring you to the place where you will find what He has for you. But you have to act in obedience and say, even though I'm scared to death. Even though it's out of my comfort zone, I'm still going to do it. And I trust you, God, because I know you won't bring me to it without bringing me through it. And, you, and I know you'll do that. Maybe for you, though, it's just like I'm, I'm really busy. Maybe that's the problem. I don't know if I have time to do that. Or sometimes the reason we don't say yes to God is because we don't want to be inconvenienced. We'd rather just God bless us than use us, right? It's like, God, it'd be easier if you just bless me and then use somebody else. But if you want to know God's will for your life, if you want to experience God's best, then saying yes and obeying God when he speaks to you is key. Because if you're anything like me, if I mute his voice out, I won't listen later because I've just kind of shut him off. But if you want to experience God's best, then saying yes and obeying God when he speaks to you is the key. Because here's the thing. Outward, or I'm sorry, obedience, our obedience is the outward expression of our love for God. I'm going to say that again. Obedience, our obedience is our outward expression of our love for God. Our obedience. Jesus says this, John 14:21. As Jesus speaking, he says, "Those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me." This is Jesus saying that. Jesus says, you show me that you love me by listening to what I ask you to do. And then he goes on to say, because they love me, the Father will love them, and I will love them. And then what happens? I will reveal myself to each of them. Listen, Jesus says, you can tell people that you love me all you want. But if you're not being obedient, if you're not obeying what I'm asking you to do, then I would say you don't really love me. Because in other words, you kind of don't really trust me that what I have is best for you. Here's the thing. We don't really have an obedience problem then. We really have a heart problem. It's a heart problem when we don't obey. It's a love problem. So when I don't listen to what God wants me to do, it's not, it's not necessarily an obedience issue. It's a love issue. It's because I'm not trusting. Because if I love God, if I love him, then I'm going to do what he asked me to do. And when God asks you to do something, here's the reality of it. It's always for your best, even if it's not what you have planned. It's always for your best. Even, out, even if it's outside of your comfort zone, guess what? There's going to be a lot of times God will ask you to do something that's out. It's going to push you outside of your comfort zone. Even if it scares you to death, whatever God asks you to do, it will always be for your best. So when we join God in his work around us, whether it's helping someone at the office who needs help or it's someone in class, whether it's getting involved in serving here at Seminole or it's giving or whatever it is that God has asked you to do, when we say yes to that invitation, it's a blessing to us, it's a blessing to them, and then it draws our hearts closer to God. Remember, sometimes in life we receive Good invitations. Other times in life, 
we receive invitations that we really don't like so much. At the end of the day, though, here it is. Whenever God invites you to do something, that's the best invitation that you're going to receive all day. If you'll have that kind of mindset, would you be willing to say, okay, God, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to obey. I'm going to immediately do what you're asking me to do, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to put it off. This is my, kind of my final challenge to you today is that pray that prayer. God, show me where you're working today, and I will join you. And whenever God then invites you to join him in that work, let your answer be, yes, God. Right now I'm saying yes. In faith, even before I know what you're going to ask me, I've already determined, I've predetermined, I'm just going to say yes, God, to whatever it is that you have for me. Then look at our final verse for today. This comes from Matthew chapter 6, verse 10. It says this, May your kingdom come soon, and may your will be done on the earth as it is in heaven. God is wanting to use us to have his will be done on the earth as it is in heaven. Let's bow our heads and pray together. Father, we do thank you for today. We thank you for this day. We know that today, even here, being at church or watching online, it's, it's for a purpose. It's on purpose. And so, Father, today it's our prayer that it would not be our will that is done, but, it, Lord, that it would be your will that is done. God, show us where you are at work around us today. And, God, our answer will be yes. We will join you in that, God. Help us to see what you invite us into is always better than what we have planned for ourselves. Then maybe for some of you here today, as we pray, maybe your very first step of saying yes to God's invitation in your life is to, is to say yes to his salvation and saying yes to Jesus Christ, to follow him, to receive his forgiveness. And maybe you recognize today that God is the big thing that's been missing in your life. And you're ready to follow him as, as your savior and leader of your life. If that's you today, would you just pray this prayer quietly in your heart? Just say, God, you're what's missing in my life right now. I've tried all these other things, but God, at the end of the day, none of it satisfies because what I realize is that my purpose for living comes directly through you. And I realize today how much you love me. So today I admit that I've sinned and I'm sorry for that. I know that that sin from what the Bible says separates me from you and I'm sorry for that sin. But I believe, Jesus, that you died on the cross for my sins and you rose again and you ascended into heaven you will be coming back one day. And so I turn away from the way that I have been living and I choose to follow you. I want to live for you from this day forward and in the fellowship of your church. Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me. Cleanse me. Help me to follow you from this day forward. Now, finally, God, even though you don't need us, God, you choose to use us. And this week we pray that you would use us in incredible ways. May we make a difference in our local community, in this nation, and in this world. All for your glory. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. It's Mel. I hope what you heard today will help you take that next step on your journey. 
If you've only participated in our online worship service or haven't been here physically for a while, we want to encourage you to join us in person. The joy of worshiping together with others and making new friends is something best experienced on our campus. We have services at 9 and 1045, seating inside or in our beautiful outdoor pavilion. If communing with nature makes you feel closer to God, there's nothing like worshiping in our pavilion, and this is the best time of year to try it. Have a great day. See ya. Hey, Summer Church, if you weren't at our Sunday celebration, here's what you missed. 